I just want you to know it was hard to be quiet walking across the stage just now. <laughs> it's hard to get on your tiptoes when you're already in heels. Is this on? We good? Well, hi, everyone. Uh, we are the Balls. My name is Nate, and, and this is my wife, Michelle. Uh, we've been married for over nine years now, and we have two kids uh, and a photo of us at the bowling alley. Uh, that's Graham. He's four. And uh, that's baby Grace. She's a little more than one. Um, I was raised in a, in a Christian home, and I, I was baptized at the age of seven. Um, but as a kid, I never really understood what it meant to follow Christ. My parents divorced when I was five, and my father, after the divorce, was present really only sporadically in my life. And that it did a lot of damage to my self-esteem, and I, I felt abandoned by it. Um, as a five-year-old, I didn't know a lot, but I knew my family was broken. Um, I was afraid that it would never be whole again, and I actually felt that it was somehow partially my fault. Uh, when my mom remarried, all of those feelings came back, and they manifested as anger and bitterness towards my stepfather um, because I realized what had happened, and that really was the end for mom and dad. Uh, once mom remarried, we moved around a lot during my middle and high school years, and I was a pretty shy and reserved kid, and this led to isolation and loneliness. And that isolation uh, drew me to and intensified uh, my use of pornography. I was exposed to this as a young age, and that habit is actually something that I carried through high school and college and even into my marriage with Michelle. Now, despite all these struggle, troubles, excuse me, um, from the outside, people considered me, quote, a good kid. I made good grades. I didn't really get into trouble. I was active at my parents' church. And it was actually this church activity and a family connection that led me to a discipleship training opportunity as a senior in high school, and it was on this trip that I met her. Like Nate, I grew up in a um, Christian home, and I accepted who Christ was at a young age without truly giving him lordship over my life. Church was a really big part um, of my whole family's life. We were there all the time. <laughs> Throughout my childhood, my parents were very loving and encouraging, um, but they unknowingly placed a lot of pressure for perfection on me. They would say that I was like Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which made me wince later on knowing how imperfect I really am. Um, knowing they had high expectations for school performance and behavior in part led to um, struggles with people-pleasing and pride. As a teenager, I thought I was humble and well-behaved compared to my peers, but I actually basked in the praise I received during involvement with sports, drama, music ministry, and youth leadership. Um, these activities through school and church both made me appear like a good Christian girl, but everything was for my glory, not for God's. Um, I sought the spotlight and craved attention from others, especially boys, of course. When I was 17, I went on a three-week-long discipleship training in Europe, which is where I met Nate. And we have a photo of 17-year-old Michelle and Nate there. I haven't changed a bit. <laughs> Not at all. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, It'll be 15 years this summer that we've known each other. Um, at the time, I already had a boyfriend, but Nate and I remained friends into college. I continued to, continued to date around, but eventually I realized that Nate was the one that I didn't want to live without. Um, so that's when we started dating. Thank you. Our colleges were about eight hours away from each other, and our long-distance relationship was not a healthy one. When we were together, we would push physical boundaries, and uh, when we were apart, we con communicated frequently but poorly. I wanted an engagement sooner rather than later, but um, 
Nate, hold on, lost my spot again. Since my ideal was to be married at age 21, but he showed no signs of committing. Um, at the time, I didn't realize it, but when things don't go my way, I tend to jump ship and pursue the next thing rather than being patient and waiting on the Lord's plan. This unhealthy relationship and unmet expectations, coupled with a non-existent walk with the Lord, led me to seek fulfillment through partying and eventually a physical relationship with another man. These poor choices quickly left me feeling guilty and undeserving of Nate. Um, I almost hoped that confessing to him would sever our relationship just to make the guilt go away. Life was falling to pieces apart from the Lord. And when I found out about that relationship, uh, I was devastated. Uh, I, too, was not pursuing the Lord at all. And I'd actually let our relationship uh, become an idol. And so the, the thought of the end of that relationship, uh, all it did was bring back these feelings of anger and bitterness and abandonment. On top of that, um, I actually felt inadequate that she no longer found me attractive. Um, above everything else, I felt lost and without direction because I was, I was looking to her for those things. And so in that moment, I prayed to God for the first time in years, and I asked him two things. First was to make it stop hurting, because it hurt a lot. Um, And second, I wanted to know what to do next. And his answer was very clear on the second one, and it was to forgive Michelle. Um, I didn't know how to do it, only that I should do it. And so I did. I said those words, I I forgive you. Um, Unfortunately, as soon as I did that, uh, I put the Bible back in the closet. I stopped praying. And Michelle and I never really addressed any of the hurt that I felt. I ignored it. I I wrongly assumed that time would heal all wounds, and we continued to date. Within six months of that, we were engaged, and we were married in October of 2007. Um, At that point, I'd just begun graduate school, and academics quickly replaced my marriage as my primary idol. I spent our first married summer actually in another country doing research, and after I got back, I used school as an excuse to avoid Michelle and really any, any meaningful involvement in our marriage or in our church. It's fair to say that I had no concept of how to be a loving husband or a spiritual leader. And when I finished school, my idol just shifted again, and this time it went to work. Uh, We took a job here in Dallas and actually moved just down the street from Watermark, which is how we landed here. As Nate touched on, our early marriage was largely separate. We may have lived under the same roof and uh, shared some meals, but we did not have spiritual or emotional intimacy. My patterns of pride and seeking attention from others continued as I became involved with a local church as well as a new job. Um, The story was the same as where I grew up. At church, my ego was stoked by people complimenting my singing and asking me to help with youth drama. At work, I proved my versatility and dependability, and any praise received still made me feel like I was somehow better than others. When Nate's career brought us to Dallas, my employer convinced me to transfer to their office here, which I did simply because I liked being favored by the managers. We both had work to fill our time here in Dallas, but we still did feel compelled to join a local church, even though our walks with the Lord weren't active at the time. Eventually, we were drawn to Watermark, since it's just down the street from where we were, and quickly got involved in community, where we continued to go through the motions while hiding our sin patterns. Nate and I disagreed about when to start having children, which didn't fit with my four-year plan. (laughs) I had always wanted to have our first child within three to four years of marriage. Knowing those expectations regarding our first child would be unmet made me feel powerless and like Nate didn't care about my desires. Since I was emotionally vulnerable 
and wasn't seeking the Lord's guidance, uh, my tendency to flirt and seek attention led to an emotional affair with a coworker. Like the last time, I eventually felt guilt and shame, but this time there was a new hunger for change. I finally ended the relationship. Tired of repeating the same cycles and wanting to be free from it, I cried out to God and begged forgiveness. Over the next couple of years, I began pursuing the Lord again, but this time I was not simply checking off a box on my to-do list. Through authentic church community, scripture memory, and focused Bible study, I came to know God's character and his desire to have an intimate relationship with me. I began to find my worth in how he loves me, not in how other people make me feel. Whereas I used to live in fear of my recurring sins, I now knew in my heart that I was a new creature, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. The old me had passed, and the new one, Christ in me, had come. I was not that person anymore. During this process where the Lord was drawing me closer, Nate finally gave in on starting a family. (laughs) We had Graham in 2012, at which point I decided to quit my job and stay home with him. One day I was spending time in the word and read Matthew 5, 23, and 24. If therefore you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go your way. First, be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. The Spirit showed me through that scripture that my pursuit of the Lord could not continue to grow unless I was reconciled to my husband. Nate didn't even know about my indiscretions with the coworker years prior, but I knew that I needed to confess anyway. It terrified me. Without giving details, I begged my community group girls for prayer that um, this confession to Nate would be healing for our marriage. I couldn't look him in the eyes. I told him everything. And uh, when I found out, I was devastated again. It was exactly like before because nothing had really changed for me. Um, I had not addressed my anger, my bitterness, my fear of abandonment, my unhealthy body image. So all of that stuff from the first time, it just came back. I was overcome with the weight of those same emotions again. Um, And like before, I was totally blindsided by the news But looking back on it now, I I realized that even in that moment, uh, I knew that the unfaithfulness was actually running both ways. It just looked different on my end. I had landed a great job out of school, and my full attention was on working hard to impress my coworkers and bosses. Uh, My marriage took a back seat to my job, and my, quote, faith became nothing more than attending church on Sundays and trying to figure out ways to avoid the community group that we had just joined. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the job required some frequent travel uh, to some pretty remote places, which I actually enjoyed because it meant I could unplug from my marriage and forget about responsibilities of being a husband for a few days. With the increase in travel came an increase in my consumption of pornography. It's, at the time, it seemed like a harmless way to kill time in a hotel room. I became so caught up in myself in pursuing whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, however I wanted it, that I was literally blind to the way the Lord was changing Michelle's heart. I I watched her. I I remember looking at her, watching her read her Bible, journal, and pray. But I was so focused on myself that it didn't even register in my mind that I should have been doing the same thing as well. When Michelle explained to me why she was confessing, I could see I knew that something had changed in her. And I also knew that unless we, meaning me, we got serious about our marriage, the anger and bitterness that I, I couldn't shake on my own it would ruin the little bit of relationship we had left. 
Um, so at Michelle's suggestion, and with that same community group in tow, we ended up at Reengage a few weeks later. And it took some time, uh, but over the next few months, uh, the Lord graciously revealed a lot of hard truth to me. Uh, first and foremost was that the biggest problem in my marriage wasn't Michelle and her seeking attention from other men, but it was my own pride and selfishness. The feelings of abandonment, anger, and bitterness existed because I put faith in things other than the Lord, and those things were continually letting me down. My addiction to pornography was a futile attempt to find pleasure and satisfaction apart from God. Uh, Secondly, the only way to fix that problem was with God's help. And in order to do that, it would require a much deeper relationship with him than I had at the time. Once I began spending time with him and his word, I learned what true forgiveness looked like and how my anger and bitterness towards Michelle were signs that even though I had said I'd forgiven her, I really hadn't. For two years, I'd, I'd been adamant that after Graham, I didn't want any more kids. Um, but as I learned about how God has forgiven me, I realized that what I was really doing was holding that child over my wife's head as punishment for the way she made me feel. It was the only weapon I felt I had left. And in that moment, I knew that not only did I truly need to forgive my wife, but I needed to confess my anger, my bitterness, my pornography use as well. I actually had forgiveness to ask of her for those things. Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. When the Lord convicted me that I needed to confess to Nate, I had no expectations that he would in turn be convicted of any wrongdoing. I knew that I was the one who'd messed up. However, when I confessed, he immediately said he knew that he hadn't been the leader that I needed and he hadn't loved me well. It was not an excuse for my behavior at all, but he was owning at least some of his part before we even set foot here and re-engage. He took the first step toward healing by encouraging me that we should bring our community group in on the details of our struggle. Fear had always held us back from sharing 100%, but when we told our group, they loved us as only Christ followers can love us. They loved us unconditionally. It was their support that we decided, with their support, that we decided to walk through re-engage. Once we started the process of truly drawing the circle around ourselves, as you'll hear all the time here, (laughs) um, we knew that the Lord would continue to reveal our tendencies to be selfish and prideful. We also were terrible at communicating. Both of us had unvoiced and therefore unmet expectations, which in part added to our sin struggles. We were not serving each other as Christ would have us do. We were running around in circles with other outlets to be served. Seeing Nate pursue the Lord now was a a desire that I didn't even know I had until he started engaging in the material and initiating conversation with me every week. The discussion we had about forgiveness was a doozy. It broke my heart that Nate didn't want a second child, but through that discussion, I realized that I needed to change my prayers. Rather than asking the Lord to change Nate's mind, I needed him to change my heart so that I would find my satisfaction in him alone, rather than in, in my own plan for having more children. It was a long process, but the Lord changed both our hearts. To Nate's surprise and my delight, we ended up having our daughter, Grace, The fact that we had her at all is proof that he softens hearts through the process of forgiveness and reconciliation. The fact that it was much later than I wanted was proof that the Lord's timing is perfect and that he knows what is best for me. 
Nate and I still don't have it all figured out. We still struggle to communicate clearly and lovingly with each other. We still struggle with unvoiced and unmet expectations. However, with the Lord's grace, we are learning to humbly confess to each other when we stumble. We are also both quick to ask for and extend forgiveness and pursue reconciliation. Because communicating expectations has always been difficult for us, we now set aside time weekly to make sure we're on the same page. Our conversations do wonders to minimize conflict throughout the week because they give us the opportunity to serve each other well as we need during that time. Since I tend to be prideful and selfish, serving my husband does not come easily, but the Lord is teaching me to rely on his strength rather than my own. And as for me, the Lord continues to show me how to lead Michelle in humility and trust in him for wisdom. Um, And to this end, one of the opportunities that he's laid before us is actually serving together here in marriage ministry. This continues to be an incredibly unifying journey for the two of us, and it blesses us immeasurably because we constantly need reminders of God's grace and forgiveness and love towards us. And he reminds us through watching y'all, y'all's lives change. And so this is, thank you guys for having us. It's been super encouraging. Um, If we could leave you with some encouragement, it would be Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. and says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me, and when you seek me with all your heart. So y'all, he, he wants your marriage not just to coast, but to flourish. And that process starts when we call out to him. He promises that when we do, he hears us, and he promises that when we seek him, we'll find him. Uh, my wife and I are proof that those promises are true, and we are confident that they're true for your marriage as well. So thank you guys for letting us share tonight. Oh, no.